0: section 5 of the world's famous orations volume 2 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by philip gould the world's famous orations volume 2 fragments by tiberius gracchus footnote of the speeches of the gracchi only a few fragments have come down to us and these mainly through plutarch Doubtless, many fine passages existed in those lost books of Livy over which generations of scholars have shed lamentations. In footnote. Born about 168 B.C., died in 133, eldest son of Cornelia, the daughter of Scipio Africanus Major, accompanied Scipio Africanus Minor to Carthage, Quaestor in 137, served in the Numantine War, tribune of the people in 133 secured the revival of the licinian agrarian law of 367 b c in 133 killed with many of his followers in an electoral disturbance in rome footnote plutarch says this speech by tiberius gracchus filled the people with enthusiastic fury and none of his adversaries durst pretend to answer him smith in his dictionary refers to it as a noble specimen of the deeply felt and impressive eloquence with which gracchus addressed the people in those days footnote. about 133 B.C. the wild beasts of italy have their caves to retire to but the brave men who spill their blood in her cause have nothing left but air and light without houses without settled habitations they wander from place to place with their wives and children and their generals do but mock them when, at the head of their armies, they exhort their men to fight for their sepulchres and the gods of their hearths. For among such numbers perhaps there is not one Roman who has an altar that has belonged to his ancestors, or a sepulchre in which their ashes rest. The private soldiers fight and die to advance the wealth and luxury of the great, and they are called masters of the world without having a sod to call their own. Is it not just that what belongs to the people should be shared by the people? Is a man with no capacity for fighting more useful to his country than a soldier? Is a citizen inferior to a slave? Is an alien, or one who owns some of his country's soil, the best patriot? You have won by war most of your possessions, and hope to acquire the rest of the habitable globe. But now it is but a hazard whether you gain the rest by bravery or whether by your weakness and discord you were robbed of what you have, by your foes. Wherefore in prospect of such acquisitions, you should if need be spontaneously, and of your own free will, yield up these lands to those who will rear children for the service of the State. Do not sacrifice a great thing while striving for a small, especially as you are to receive no contemptible compensation for your expenditure on the land in free ownership of five hundred eugera secure for ever and in case you have sons of two hundred and fifty more for each of them footnote tiberius having deposed one of his colleagues a tribune caused offence in that he had robbed that high office of its dignity he then says plutarch called the commons together again and made a speech from which plutarch makes this extract by way of specimen of the power and strength of his eloquence the langhorn translation in footnote the person of a tribune i acknowledge is sacred and inviolable because he is consecrated to the people and takes their interest under his protection but when he deserts those interests and becomes an oppressor of the people when he retrenches their privileges and takes away their liberty of voting by those acts he deprives himself for he no longer keeps to the intention of his employment Otherwise, if a tribune should demolish the capital and burn the docks and naval stores, his person could not be touched. A man who should do such things as those might still be a tribune, though a vile one, but he who diminishes the privileges of the people ceases to be a tribune of the people. Does it not shock you to think that a tribune should be able to imprison a consul, and the people not have it in their power to deprive a tribune of his authority when he uses it against those who gave it? For the tribunes, as well as the consuls, are elected by the people. Kingly government seems to comprehend all authority in itself, and kings are consecrated with the most awful ceremonies. Yet the citizens expelled Tarquin, when his administration became iniquitous, and for the offence of one man the ancient government under whose auspices Rome was erected was entirely abolished. What is there in Rome so sacred and venerable as the Vestal Virgins who keep the perpetual fire? Yet if any of them transgress the rules of her order, she is buried alive. For they who are guilty of impiety against the gods lose that sacred character which they had only for the sake of the gods. So a tribune who injures the people can be no longer sacred or inviolable on the people's account. He destroys that power in which alone his strength lay if it is just for him to be invested with the tribunal authority by a majority of tribes, is it not more just for him to be deposed by the suffrages of them all? What is more sacred and inviolable than the offerings in the temples of the gods? Yet no one pretends to hinder the people from making use of them, or removing them whenever they please. And indeed that the tribune's office is not inviolable or unremovable appears from hence, That several have voluntarily laid it down or been discharged at their own request. End of section five. Recording by Philip Gould.